On today's episode of Video Marketing Madness, we're going to talk about retro video mania. And what that is? Well, we're going to talk about all things video from the past 30 years, how we got to the point we're at now, and compare way back in the 90s or even the 80s to what we have right now when it comes to producing video. And boy, oh boy, what a difference a few years has made. And speaking of differences, recently, Steve, I switched from... QuickBooks to FreshBooks to uh, manage my business. Did you know wow. that? You should. We've wow. talked about it before. Well, y- yes, I did know that because you've talked about it before. Indeed. How's that, and wo- how, how's that worked out for you, Ray? It has worked amazingly well, and that's why we're using them as uh, the company that is making today's show possible because they provide tremendous software for businesses, for your accounting, for your invoicing. You can even send out things like proposals and estimates and have your clients approve them before you get started, which is a really, really great thing that's inside of there. You can have recurring payments, so they put their credit card in once and they pay every single month. You send the invoice every month. It is a beautiful thing, and we absolutely love it. Uh, it automates so many different things and it allows you to take the payments. Love it much more than QuickBooks. Sorry, QuickBooks. I know that you're popular, but uh, I think this is just so much better. And if you want to see how much better, well, you can get a free trial right now. Head on over to raiselinks.com slash FreshBooks. FreshBooks. And when you do that, you don't even have to put your credit card in. You just create an account and try it out for 30 days. If you love it, keep it. If you don't, just walk away. But I highly recommend you try it raiselinks.com slash freshbooks for the easiest way to start managing your business and getting more money. We all love money. And speaking of money, we got a theme song that truly is money, and we're going to hit it right now. Here we go. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. His skill is where it's at. Even if he's a little fat, he's filled with video expertise. He has so much knowledge that you need. His YouTube ninja tricks can make your marketing so sick. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. And it's the radio show about video, video marketing madness with Ray the Video Guy. That's me. And I'm Steve Sleeper. Yeah, That's him. And I... That's me, and uh, go VMM, the landing page, where you can see all the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts being the pri- probably the primary one, and then how to get social with us, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Getting social with it. Na, 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 na. Getting social with it. Getting social na, na, with na, it. Na, 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 And uh, speaking of... Uh, you know, na 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 na. Well, that was a you know that was a song a long time ago, and we're going to go into the way back machine today, and we're going to be discussing all things old computers and old cameras and old video editors and all sorts of old stuff, because we want to talk about where we are and where we came from and how we got there and and the comparisons. Just so you can sit back and go, wow, what a time we live in. I mean, think about this right now. You have in your pocket or on your desk a smartphone that is a better camera than professional cameras were, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Think about that for a second. And not only do you have a great camera, you've got more storage. The, you know, the old cameras, I mean, you had to change tapes after, you know, maybe you were lucky. Maybe you'd get two hours. Well, you can get a heck of a lot more than two hours and it's 4K video 
on my phone. I mean, it's amazing where we've come from. And we could take mm-hmm. that video and we can instantly broadcast it to the entire world. Mm-hmm. When I graduated high school back in 1992, to put that in perspective, there was a lot of things going on in the world. That was the, uh, the Barcelona Olympics. Um, it was the release of products like the, uh, the Philips CDI, if you remember that. Uh, it was the release of the uh, Amiga 1200 and 4000s, which were computers that are going to play a big part in what we talk about today. Uh, it was the release of all sorts of really cool things. And it was a changing world, but boy, oh boy, it was a world without YouTube. It was a world without Facebook. It was a world without Twitter. It was a world without cell phones, kind of. It was a world without uh, you, you know, I said YouTube already, but it was a world without any of these things. Live video was not around. Even real video wasn't around. And if you remember real video, that was the terrible stuff from, you know, the mid nineties. And that wasn't even around yet. I mean, just think about that. Not, when I graduated high school, okay, we were more than 20 years away from YouTube being released. More than 20 wow. years. 40 That's incredible. That's incredible. 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 Think about that. So where did we come from? Well, let's look at what we were doing back in, in the, the early 90s, because that's kind of my heyday for this, late 80s, early 90s. Um, even going back to the late 80s, the way that I got started, and, and Steve, I know you came from uh, more of a radio background, but the way that I got started actually started in uh, uh, probably around 1988 or so when uh, uh, two things happened. I, I graduated from my Commodore 64 over to uh, the Amiga 500 computer. Now, if you don't know what that is, that was a, a computer by Commodore after the Commodore 64. And the reason, well, let's be honest, the reason it was popular at the beginning was because it played better video games than anything else out there at the time. But the point is, you got your hands on this thing and you could learn how to do things like design graphics, create animation, edit video, all of that stuff inside a computer, which was unheard of at the time. Um, 1992, you were talking about Apple computers with, you know, black and green screens, one color. Um, you were talking about uh, EGA gra- or CGA graphics, really, at that point. You know, if you, and if you, remember, if you don't know anything about CGA or EGA graphics on your Windows PC computers, which uh, Windows was out then, barely. Windows was barely out at that point, but uh, most of it was DOS at that point still. Um, you're talking about these 16 colors you could use on a computer, and they were these garish bright pinks and bright greens. And, you know, if you created graphics, it just it looked like some sort of bizarre, you know, outer space world with everything was these weird colors and, and whatnot. And now all of a sudden you got something where you could design in 4,000 colors and you could actually put images on your screen and you could animate things. And, you know, it really, it changed my world. I wanted to play video games. That's what I wanted to do, Steve. I don't know about you. You're probably, you know, that's probably before your time a little bit uh, or after your time a little bit, but uh, I wanted to play the best video games. But very, very quickly, I started to see, holy cow, Forget these video games. I can make presentations and I can create these animations and I can design graphics and I can do all of these cool things. I can take video. I can record my voice. And this is all stuff that couldn't be done up until this point. Yeah, I mean, people had video cameras and eight millimeter, you know, film cameras before that. But this was the first time where you could really design something that 
looked like television, for lack of a better word. Did it really? No. Of course, it was very amateurish, but but it was um, it was something that couldn't even be thought of before this. You know, I would be able to create video and then put you know lower thirds on the video with a computer. I mean, it was amazing. It was it was mind blowing at the time. And of course, we were all using VHS cameras, right? And uh, the professional world was using super VHS cameras, which we've talked about a little bit in the past. But what did we do with all this stuff? Well, we would, you know, you would shoot video on your camera, and that was pretty much it. Nobody had the ability to edit videos. If uh, if somebody sneezed in the middle of your video, guess what? It was probably going to stay there unless you had high-end video equipment and you had a studio to work in. It was going to stay there. If uh, somebody fell over, oh, well, it's in the video. Nothing you can do about it, really. Now, there were some hack options where you could take one VCR and another VCR and pause it and, you know, things like that to, to copy things over. But boy, oh boy, the other part of that is you lost quality if you did that. You have VHS cameras taking, you know, video that really didn't look good in the first place and now you're copying it and every time you made a copy, that video got worse and worse and worse. Whereas nowadays, you know, you can take a, a video in, in your computer and make 800 different versions of it and they're all going to be identical quality. Well, not in those days. You had a mess. And think about that for a second. VHS, that terrible formula. Now, you know, like the old, uh, you know, photocopying a photocopy. It's the same thing with those videos. They get worse and worse the more you do it. They, the luminance starts to overtake everything. Everything starts looking whiter and brighter. And next thing you know, you've got hardly anything left. If you used a, a cheap tape, the tape was actually going to start to fall apart a little bit and you'd get all sorts of noise in the image. I mean, it was just not good at all. But it was revolutionary to us. We loved it. We could do things we couldn't do before. My friends and I made tons and tons of movies with VHS or with the uh, 8mm, and I'm talking about the Sony 8mm uh, video, not, uh, not uh, film. And, uh, you know, we made a lot of movies and, and videos and things, and boy, was it cool when we could actually take those things and add graphics to them and titles and, you know, dub in music and all sorts of cool things that was just impossible before. And, uh, you know, that's what we did. We made lots of videos that way, and, you know, it was at a time when that was seemingly impossible and steve i don't know about you but back in your day you know people drew on cave walls they didn't even have any of that kind of stuff cave walls they had to draw <laughs> they had to draw on air you know i mean that was before <laughs> cave walls wow now, i um i could a couple of stories i've got um my first job out of college was 1982 took me nine years to get through college and uh <laughs> anyhow um, it was an art studio, and uh, within the art studio, they made slides. This is way before PowerPoint. Yeah. So they would make uh, graphic slides, uh, d doing it the old-fashioned way with, you know, cameras Ooh. mounted on poles and stuff like that. And uh, they made some pretty intricate slides. And then the, they also had a video editing suite, and I came in there to <laughs> uh, set up a small sound studio and uh, sell some stuff. We used three-quarter-inch tape back in yep, those yep. days. Yeah, we used three-quarter-inch tape. But um, the the big story I've got is there was a, um, a priest, Jesuit, at Creighton University, my alma mater, who helped put on WOW radio back in 1922. Now, he was still alive when I was a freshman at Creighton. 
1923. No, <laughs> 1973. He was still alive. He was retired. But the remnants of what he had built at Creighton was still there. It was off of what used to be the uh, the bookstore, which had long moved out of there. And he had wired the entire campus. So carry your current AM radio and then coax cable so that uh, each classroom had a monitor in it, black and white. And uh, they, they had a switcher that was probably donated from a TV station in the late 50s. Was there such a thing as two-inch tape? Uh, well, there was the big, the big reel-to-reel tape that was probably, I don't know if it was two-inch or not, but it was, I, there, was, I, it, there was definitely one-inch. There was it, I for some reason I have it in my head it was two inch but it was there, there could one there inch. could have been there could have been a two and, inch format and he had a bunch of those in there and there was a time when if you were teaching a class all you had to do was let them know and if you were going to show a film they'd show a film from the TV studio and so right, they right. were they were showing educational videos all over the the campus on a classroom basis. This was gone by the time I got there, but the monitors were still, all the infrastructure was still there. And um, the the radio station um, was uh, big on interviews, interviewing people on campus, playing classical music. And then they would get these uh, transcriptions of lectures, you know, on disc on, you know, um, I'm, 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 I would guess it was 33 and a third. But the neat thing um well, the rake, since I'm an old radio guy, it was a 1947 Collins board that was donated by KFAB in the 50s. We still had it my freshman and sophomore year. But the neat thing was to see all this um, old equipment and how it worked, all black and white, late 50s. Yeah. Um, and, and to think what he was able to do with this clunky analog equipment, which was basically feed out lectures to any classroom they wanted. Uh, at uh, pretty much any time they wanted. You know, uh, schools are doing that now, um, but they're they're doing it with um, uh, iPhones and uh, simpler ways of uh, transmit. Oh, they're transmitting it all out digitally, but they're they're doing that now in schools. Sure, so that's yeah. kind of cool. No, it's it, it's interesting the way the way it's come, you know, and 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 by the way, we, we think of the this boom period from 2005 when when YouTube was released and then the iPhones started coming out and the Android phones and all this stuff started to build up and the world changed. But it wasn't the first time that that I'd seen that happen. You know, if we go back to 1987, there was no computer video and by the time that I got to college and, you know, for my field of study after I graduated, so somewhere in 1993 or whatever, um, they were all computerized then. All of our video was computerized. So five years earlier, there wouldn't have been anything like that. It still was traditional tape to tape and hardware switching and everything else. And, and within that short period of time, we went to, you know, having computers that did things and there was uh, the Avids that were out there. Uh, and believe it or not, we actually had some at that point, and I, t- I, I was talking about how in 1985, 86, 87, you know, the, the Mac, the Apple Mac was still black screen with green writing and that was it. 
by the time that I was in, in college there, now we had Macs full color in there that were running Adobe Premiere. It was terrible. It was absolutely awful. But but it was there. It was a primitive version of Adobe Premiere. And that's what the everybody got to use because they were abundant. And it, 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 I'm going to say this. Uh, they were Macs. They were cheap. They were cheap. They were inexpensive. And, and when, you don't think about that when you talk about Apple computers. You don't think of inexpensive. But compared to a $100,000 Avid system, a, a $2,000 Mac was pretty cheap. Um, on the other side of that, we had the uh, video toasters, which if you don't know what that is, that was a, a uh, for the Commodore Amiga computers, there was a company called NewTek. There still is a company called NewTek. They make Lightwave 3D and they make the TriCaster. Um, the TriCaster is a hardware, portable hardware video switching and live streaming tool, which basically is the successor of the video toaster. That's what the video toaster eventually became after, you know, years of, of innovations and changes but um back in those days we had what was called the video toaster and it was a card that went into a at the time a commodore amiga 2000 and that card would allow you to plug your cameras into that card and you could have on screen a switcher so you would have a video monitor to see your video you'd have a computer monitor to see the program and you'd have a switcher and you'd have you know buses and by buses i mean uh, on a on a hardware switcher that you've probably seen on TV, you know when you see a control room, you see the big hardware switcher. A bus is a, a channel, so you know uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and there's different things in those. So maybe bus one is camera one, and bus two is camera two, and bus three is computer generated graphics, whatever. Well, this computer thing had multiple buses in there, so you could switch between. Uh, camera A and camera B or VCR A and VCR B and and add in graphics and overlay graphics and do transitions and all that stuff. Something just unheard of, unheard of at the time, being able to do that. I mean, just amazing that you could sit there and, and edit these videos using a computer. Now, on top of that, there was... Um, this was still not nonlinear editing, uh, this particular program that I'm talking about here. This was pre-nonlinear editing. So I did mention we at this point we had uh, Macs with Adobe Premiere, so they had nonlinear editing in there. And what, what we mean by nonlinear editing is in the old days, if, uh, if I was a cameraman and I was shooting a commercial for you, I would go out and I would shoot, let's say, the owner of the company talking about the business. Then I would take that tape out of my camera, I would switch to a, another tape. This is where the word B-roll comes from. If you ever, if you ever think about A-roll and B-roll, when people say, oh, we're going to shoot B-roll. Originally, it comes from film, but in this case, we're talking about tape. You would have a B-tape that you would put in, and then you would shoot in the business. You'd take pictures of people working. You'd take pictures of the outside, take pictures of whatever. And then you would go back into a, a studio, an editing suite, and you would literally have three VCRs in there. One for your A tape, one for your B tape, and then one to record everything from A and B together. And you would have a switcher in between and you'd show the guy on screen and the guy would be, oh, yeah, my business is the most fantastic thing. We do this, that, and the other thing. And you would physically switch to the other, to the other tape while he's talking about this so that you'd see the other images and that would be recorded onto the other VCR. Guess what happened if you made a mistake? Sorry, I had my microphone on mute. You'd have to shoot yeah. it all over. You'd have to start all over again. Yeah, you, well, yeah, you'd, you'd have to start the, the final edit all over again, right from scratch. Mm -hmm. 
and go back and do it again until you got it right. And it was a big mm-hmm. fat pain in the neck. But that was that's what's called linear editing. You can't you know, you just have to it's all running and you do it linearly. Now, the opposite side of that is nonlinear editing started to pick up, and that's where what we see today, where you take video, you put it into a computer, and you can move different clips around and do whatever you want with it. That was starting to pick up, uh, and that's why we had Adobe Premiere. Well, at the same time, the video toaster systems that we're talking about, they had come out with something called the Video Toaster Flyer. And this was all the stuff in that original video toaster where you could have multiple inputs and VCRs and graphics and you know music and everything else. But now you also had the nonlinear editing in there as well. So you could do all sorts of amazing things. And it was just incredible uh, what you could do. And it was still, um, for lack of a better, you know, still inexpensive. You know, the, the, the Mac with uh, Adobe Premiere did terrible video. The video was just awful on it. It was low resolution. It was crappy. It took forever to render out and everything. And you were still paying, you know, $2,500 for the Mac and $1,000 for Adobe Premiere. So you're $3,500 in. Now, on the other side of that, if you got the the Amiga 4000s at that point in time, you're probably picking those up for 2000 bucks as well. You're getting the the toaster flyer cards in there for probably another two thousand. So you're already at four thousand. So you're going to be spending a little bit more than the Mac, but it's going to do a hundred times more. You know, much easier at that point in time, and still a lot cheaper than a a hundred thousand uh, dollar Avid system. Which, by the way, for those of you that are video techs and you love Avid, um, Avid's always sucked. I'm sorry, they they were awful. Uh, they were crappy. The video was not good on them. But for whatever reason, they got the big name at the time, and, and it was just – they weren't good. It wasn't very good. The uh, the video toaster video looked a lot better. It was a high resolution, and you could actually do all of your work on it, whereas the Avid, you, you spent a hell of a lot more money, and you couldn't do half the stuff you wanted to. So uh, it made it difficult. But – Think about what we're talking about here. We're still talking about shooting on multiple tapes. We're talking about multiple VCRs. We're talking about a little bit of nonlinear editing. Um, but we still didn't have any of the stuff like we have today. You couldn't really do any kind of live streaming unless you had a satellite hookup. And uh, guess what? Unless you were a TV station, you didn't have that. Uh, you couldn't do 4K video. You couldn't do 1080p video. You couldn't do 720p video. You were stuck with tiny little square video at low resolution and limited colors and you know you name it it was just not good not good at all but at the time seemed wonderful you know because you could still do things like green screening you could still do things like adding the graphics as long as you had the computer power to do that but uh you know it it just it wasn't very easy to do you had to put in a lot of extra effort just to be able to um you know, output anything that you wanted to use in the end. And then once you did, you were stuck on these tapes. And what are you going to do with that? Now you got to make, think about this now, okay? Hopefully you were shooting on Super VHS, which was higher resolution, better tape. Um, But a lot of people were shooting on just nice VHS tapes, okay? Now you think about this. If you record on VHS, it's a low resolution format as it is. It's not a high quality tape. Then you're taking that into the editing room and you're doing A-B roll editing onto another VHS tape. So now you're degraded down one level already. Well, now, if you want to be able to give that out to people, you got to make copies of that already degraded, crappy VHS. So you've gone from bad 
to a little bit worse and now making copies that are even worse and having to try and, you know, give those out and, and you know, the quality is just awful at this point in time. Even if you used really nice equipment, the quality was awful. Whereas nowadays, you know, you import your video into your computer, you do what you want to with it, and then you export it out and you can choose the quality you want. You know, if you want a lower quality so it's a smaller file, you do that. If you want high quality, you put out high quality, but you're not going to lose anything unless you choose to lose some of the the uh, you know the quality of that and and even that wasn't always the case because some video qualities that you shoot with including on your smartphone you're already getting compressed video so you're technically degrading it down a little bit right from there but you're degrading 4K and, and HD video um, and it's almost unnoticeable and certainly a lot better than anything you did on Super VHS or VHS back in you know 1990 so it's um you know just a, a a very very different world, and uh, the evolution of that. Well, we had we had some evolution to that. Uh, come around, hmm, what am I going to say? Maybe 1995, we started to see digital video formats start to pop up. These would be like your uh, your your DV formats, the little you know little square digital tapes. Um, and digital eight. So Sony came out with a, a digital eight millimeter version and it even had uh, straight DV, which was bigger tapes. The quality was not any different on a mini DV and a DV, but the, the tapes were just a different size and the big tapes were three hours and the small tapes were, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. Um, but you now were able to shoot in a much, much nicer format, still standard definition. So not a high-definition format, but the color reproduction was night and day. You didn't lose your quality. It was actually um, full TV quality. Because one thing people don't understand is your TV is, uh, you know, the resolution nowadays. Okay, if you get a 4K TV, you're talking about 3,800 pixels wide by 2,100 pixels uh, tall. In, in HD, you're talking about 1,900 pixels across and uh, over 1,000 pixels down. When you go back to standard television, you're talking about 700, 720 pixels across and 480 down. That's tiny, but with VHS, the resolution was not even that. So the resolution was lower than your TV resolution. Well, now with the digital video, the resolution was full uh, standard definition. So you didn't lose that resolution quality. You had a higher resolution, much better uh, color, you know, reproduction and whatnot. And you could just make some, some amazing videos with those, but you were still stuck with, you know, the, the lower resolution with the uh, standard definition. Uh, people were starting to talk about HD, but it wasn't out yet. You know, uh, took a little while before that. I, I can't even remember when they finally uh, put that into a, as a standard that, that people had to follow. It was probably around 2000 before they finally did that, I think, but uh, tough to remember. I know for years it was, this is the HD format, it's coming soon, it's coming soon, and it didn't. We were stuck with those old formats. Um, but when it came, you know, the cameras followed right suit with that, and we started to get some really nice HD cameras that came out. Now, of course, you got 4K cameras, and, you know, the world is a, a totally different place, but we've come a long way. I mean, the amount of things that we can do today, if you think about this, okay, right now, Steve and I are, even though my internet has been terrible today and, and keeps telling me it's, uh, it's, it's giving out bad, uh, bad juice here, hopefully the audio is okay for the podcast, but you think about this, Steve and I are in two, parts of the, two different parts of the country, 
We're on video live right now. We're recording a podcast. There are people from all across the world watching this podcast as we do it live on video on Facebook. And then there's going to be, you know, people listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube replay all over the world in a matter of the same day. I mean, that is an incredible difference from 1992, 1996, even 2000, where we were shooting on bad formats, much lower resolution formats, and having to edit things in a primitive way so that we could hopefully give it to somebody on a VHS tape or maybe later on 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 a DVD. And nowadays, we can do this instantaneously. If we don't want to do it instantaneously, we can record it to our hard drives and put it on YouTube a half hour later. The amount of change that we have seen in just the last couple of decades is mind-boggling when it comes to the world of video. You can reach anybody anywhere in the world instantaneously. If you are a business and you want to make a video about your product, you can have it out to the world later this afternoon and everybody can see it. In the old days, by the way, and and this is something to think about, when I got out of college, um, well, the first job that I had out of college was I worked for the Surgeon General. And we did uh, video conferencing, which required gigantic TVs and all this equipment. And, uh, you know, we had to have uh, specialized lines in order to to transfer the data because the Internet was barely a thing at that point in time. It was a mess. Well, after I worked there for a while, I went and worked at a TV station. And eventually I ended up at an ad firm, an advertising firm, probably in, well, let's see. Uh, Hmm. Probably still around like 2000 and actually it was close to 2005 because uh, YouTube, I remember when YouTube came out and I was working there when YouTube first came on the scene. So it was around 2004, 2005, I was working for an ad firm. And when I worked, walked in the door and interviewed, they did not have any computers in that facility. Well, I I think in in the office they did for, you know, typing email or whatever, but there were no computers there yet. And this is in, like I said, around 2004, 2005. They were still shooting on, they were shooting on digital tapes, but they were still doing old-fashioned video editing on equipment that took up an entire room. And it was all old school. Now, when I came in, when they hired me, one of the reasons they hired me was to transition into using computers. And by the time I was hired, the computer was there. But, you know, they didn't have them up until then. And the computer they bought was a disaster and, you know, it was a big hassle and long story there. Point being is the world has changed much greater, much for the better. And nowadays we are an extremely lucky people when it comes to the world of video that we can produce pretty much anything we want. There are people that produce movies with their smartphones and and their computers. And the fact that you can do that when just... A couple decades ago, you were lucky to even get a recording on a tape is an absolutely amazing thing. So uh, we just want to do a nice little retrospective here, talk about where we've come from and talk about where we are so that we can truly appreciate it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a very different type of episode. We're not teaching you anything specific other than, uh, you know, a little bit of history. And, and hopefully, even with my Internet issues today, which is the perfect day for uh, Internet issues to be bad as we talk about all these things. But hopefully you had a little bit of fun. Got you got better. a little bit of the message. Yeah, it got, it got better. You know, um, after after we popped off and it came back, it's a lot better right now. Well, so, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at the actual numbers and it's really not any better. <laughs> Oh, We're still it? like uh, way much better it's, on my end. Yeah, it's well, it's, you know, I, 
a little story. A little yeah. story. I uh, from eighty two to eighty seven. You know, my first job out of college. This was a great job to have an art studio that sold industrial films. You know, here's a tour of the meatpacking plant, yeah. and, uh, and and they had a small editing studio. And uh, if they needed something more, they'd go down to the TV station, you know, and, and use their equipment. And uh, they did slides, and they had a little sound studio, and they had a printing company. So I got to try my hand at selling all of those services. Nice. And then I kind of I discovered I was really good at selling commercial printing. And so in 87, I got out of that, got on the commercial printing side, and then it was just graphic arts and kind of old school graphic arts from then on and then direct mail and then uh in 2010 when i got out of that business sort of retired i started looking at youtube imagine my surprised how things had changed uh in those what 23 years um going from three quarter inch tape you know and uh doing everything analog and you can only step on things so many times to to youtube and YouTube being able to compress the videos so you could actually upload them uh, and watch them. And, and I don't know, what was a Grass Valley switcher back in the 80s? I mean, it was a lot of money. Uh, $15,000? Thousands. Thousands. Yeah, thousands, thousands of dollars. And, and they had and different I, ones. They, they had smaller ones that were much cheaper. But, yeah, the, the really good ones, I mean, 10000 10, yeah, and we we had at at the art studio we had we had their smallest one. You know, it it handled ninety percent of what we did. But then all of a sudden, uh, you know, okay, I'm an old radio guy. I got Sony Vegas Movie Maker. I got the forty dollar version. That's great for editing audio, and it's got a basic video editor for my screen capture videos. Forty bucks. If I really wanted to get fancy, two hundred bucks. And it, you, <laughs> there was a time you had to spend fifteen grand on that. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's a different world. It's a different world. And it's world. and it's changed it on the other side of that too, because you know that company I talked about that was just getting into computers. They were used to charging fifty, a hundred thousand dollars to do a, a thirty second commercial, and now some kid in his basement uh-huh. could do it for these car companies or whatever for you know two thousand bucks. So they had to make a lot of transitions when it came to that, not just changing equipment, but changing an entire mindset. Now, a buddy of mine, um, he's probably mid-50s, and he started off when he was in high school doing videos, and he made the transition to every single technology as it came down the pike. So probably from the mid-80s all the way up till now. And I remember what he had in the mid '80s, and I look at what he has now. You know, I mean, he had a room full of stuff. Uh, oh yeah, a big room full of stuff. Now, you know, it's uh, well, you know what it takes. You, you, he's got basically a setup like yours now, and uh, he uses his iPhone. It's just, it's just totally <laughs> different. It absolutely is, and uh, we love it, and it's a great time. Uh, I don't think in 1985 you ever would have seen my face on any sort of video and now i broadcast all over the world so uh yeah yeah we both have faces for radio (laughs) faces for radio yeah little jokes (laughs) very all right well speaking of jokes this entire episode is uh drawing to a close we hope you had fun with it we hope you enjoyed this little retrospective and uh by the way if you're watching this you know let us know what you were doing in the 80s and 90s and, and early 2000s with video, if you were doing anything okay, at all. I, 
here, here's John. He made a comment on Facebook. Back in the 60s, I was shooting video with Super 8 video, but no sound on my inexpensive <laughs> GI Yakasha. Yakasha? Is that how you say it? I'm, I, and you know. and, and uh, gosh, that was back when John was like only 70. So Yeah, yeah. Now look at him. <laughs> uh, uh, unbelievable. Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's amazing the things that have changed and the things that we have. I'll, I'll tell you uh, what a different world it is. Uh, it, you know, I, I do have to say one thing, though, before we get out of here. As great as it is right now, as powerful as these things are, there is one thing that's really missing from today's um, video experience and that is back then it was a challenge and there was a real challenge to doing some of the things that we did and you know oh look what i can do i can do this amazing stuff with my you know and now my daughter on her laptop at home makes these videos that are just amazing and so there is that there is that one thing that's missing from that it's almost like uh you know we talked about how how my um, my transition into the world of video started with being a video gamer back in the 80s, you know, playing video games on my Commodore 64 and, and whatnot. Um, nowadays, things are so easy to do that there's no challenge to it anymore. You know, you can have video games. They all look great. You know, there's no, oh, look, my, my, look at the graphics on this. Well, they all have good graphics. It doesn't matter anymore. Back then, it was a challenge to make good graphics. It was a challenge to make good video. And you could really impress people by, you know, doing things and, and really messing with hardware and, and, and software. And nowadays, it's almost too easy. But, uh, you know, just my what perspective. What was that song? What was that song by Dire Straits? I want my MTV or something. Was that the oh, name yeah. of it? Uh, no, it was. An, uh, I forget the name. Money of the for song. nothing. Money for nothing. Money yeah, for yeah. nothing. And and they had an animated version on MTV. And so, I, and we just thought it was amazing. And uh, I, believe... I saw it on YouTube. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I saw it on YouTube. I saw it on YouTube. It looked pretty trite. <laughs> well, and and <laughs> well, I we believe it was amazing. Yeah. I believe that was no, done ahead. with the video toaster. That we were talking about earlier. Was it? Yes. That's so, right. um, yes. You know, that was like, if you remember, if you watch the old um, um, home improvement show, you know, where they had all the weird mm -hmm. transitions, like the mm -hmm. ladder flying mm -hmm. through. That was all video toaster. That was, that's what all that mm -hmm. was. And that was amazing back then. Whoa, look at that. The ladder's flying into the screen to, you know. Well, nobody had done it before, you know. Yep, yep. No, it was so, a very different yeah. world, so. All right. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close because I've got a webinar I've got to do in 10 minutes. And so okay. uh, we're going to get over to that. Hopefully you enjoyed this. If you had fun with this, let us know because, uh, you know, this is not the normal thing that we do. Typically, we're, we're talking about a specific thing to help you with your videos or help you with local marketing or, or what have you. Uh, if you had fun with this, let us know because we want to have fun once in a while. Maybe not all the time. We'll be a little more serious. But uh let us know if you like this, and maybe we'll do some more of these things in the future. Maybe, maybe we should start doing as like a, uh, a retro review. Start reviewing like oh. ancient ancient hardware or something like that, and uh, you know, yeah. just kind of show off all the great features from the day. Who knows? But Commodore speaking 64. of old features, yeah, and uh, yeah, video on the Commodore sixty four. We'll have to do that. Uh, by the way, if anybody. And this, here's a weird plug. If anybody has an old Commodore 64 or an old Amiga, uh, reach out to me. I'm, I'm looking to get some original hardware right now. Uh, most of my original hardware got lost 
in a move a while back and, and some I'd sold off and now I wish I had my hands on them. So if you have any of those types of things, let me know. Even if you're watching this yeah. three months from now, you know, let, let me know. Uh, I thought I had my hands on one shortly, you know, a little while ago. And we may still end up with that, but uh, who knows. All right. With that, let's hit that music. But before we do, remember, folks, today's episode is made possible by our friends at FreshBooks. And uh, if you want to be able to send invoices, if you want to be able to send things like proposals and get them approved or um, you want to start taking recurring billing, if you want to start collecting those credit cards so that you can get paid without having to chase people down, check out FreshBooks because I moved from QuickBooks to FreshBooks because of these very features and I love it. I think it's great. And uh, I actually had my first recurring billing automatically go through yesterday, so I know it works now. It's, uh, it's been a little over a month since I, uh, I joined FreshBooks and um, got my first recurring, which was nice. Didn't have to, I didn't send the bill. I didn't ask to be paid. The bill went out and it was paid. Actually, the, the bill went out, but it was paid automatically without even him getting the bill just because his card was on file. Wow. Boom. It was nice. Uh, which, I, you know, Dang. I mean, that doesn't sound like a very unique feature because you can do that with YouTube and you can, uh, excuse me, with PayPal and you can do that with Stripe. But you couldn't do it with QuickBooks. I couldn't do it inside of there. This does that inside of FreshBooks for you automatically. So it's a very nice feature. So highly recommend you check out FreshBooks. If you haven't yet, head on over to raiselinks.com slash FreshBooks. And you can, uh, you know, start it for free. You don't even have to put a credit card in. Just make an account. Go to the link. Make an account. Try it out. They won't even know who it really is. So if you decide to walk away later and you don't decide to buy it, they're not going to take money from you. And you're not going to have to try and get it back from them. You don't even have to put a card in. Just try it out. Raiselinks.com slash FreshBooks. And with that, we're going to hit the Ray the Video Guy theme song. Right now. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. His skill is where it's at. Even if he's a little fat, he's filled with video expertise. He has so much knowledge that you need. His YouTube ninja tricks can make your marketing so sick. He's Ray the Video Guy. Yeah, Ray the Video Guy. 